Okay, so this morning uh, we're going to get started. So Jared and I uh, got to get away, just the two of us, to the beach about a month ago. And when we got there, there was this confusion with our room. And as part of this, we ended up getting upgraded to this beautiful suite on the third floor that was right on the ocean. So I could go out on our balcony and the ocean and the waves were right there. Um, Jared had a conference each morning, so I got to sleep in as late as I wanted. Uh, I read three books in four days, and I didn't have to cook, I didn't have to clean, and I could just relax and enjoy. And um, I felt very rested and refreshed, and honestly, it was wonderful. (laughs) It was so wonderful that you can get back home and think, if I could just get back to the way I felt at the beach, if I could just have that here. Uh, In our text today, there are 30 references to something much better than the rest and refreshment that I felt on vacation. And as I studied this text, I felt so convicted that I have got to think more rightly about rest and renewal. Um, Let's pray and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, I would ask that you would let your light break forth like the dawn. Let your light rise in the darkness. Would you revive and satisfy us today as we consider how you would have us to think about rest and renewal. In Jesus' name, amen. So throughout our passage today, there are many references to Sabbath, to keeping it, not profaning it, to calling it a delight. Sabbath in Hebrew means to cease or to stop, to rest. Our lesson pointed us to Hebrews 4, which helps us to know that our ultimate Sabbath rest is our salvation in Christ, that we cease from our own works and rest in him. Praise be to God. Um, Exodus 31 beautifully points to this when it says that the Sabbath is a sign that to, to us so that we would know that it is the Lord who sanctifies us, that the Sabbath was holy or set apart. Part of the Sabbath was not working physically, and I think that's what a lot of us think of, is not working physically. But then actually an even bigger part of the Sabbath allotted a specific time for spiritual things. Built into the week is a time for extended prayer, reflection, and confession, and being spiritually refreshed. I was thinking about this. Have you ever thought about when David might have written most of the Psalms? I would suggest that he wrote those on Sabbath, that his routine was to rest each Sabbath and have a time of prayer and have a time of stopping other work to think on God and draw near to God. So Sabbath rest was to be full of spiritual activity. Rest was crying out to God. Rest was being still in his presence. Rest was corporate worship. 
Rest was choosing the things that please God. That is not my definition of rest. But that's God's definition of rest. Contrasted with genuine rest is the Israel's irresponsible leaders who are dreaming, lying down, loving to slumber. That's more my definition of rest. (laughs) Loving to slumber. (laughs) It says of them, they never have enough. Moyer described it as an insatiable self-concern. I keep thinking about that this week. Insatiable self-concern. That's contrasted with rest. So rest is not an insatiable self-concern. When you are weary, do not first look to how much sleep or downtime you are getting. Look first to how much spiritual rest you are getting. The Bible in so many places talks about God gathering his people. I love the verse in Matthew about God wanting to gather us like a hen gathers her chicks under his wing. But it says, you were not willing. Be gathered by God. Be still with him. Rest in him. Then chapter 58, verse 14 says, You shall take delight in the Lord. Ride on the heights of the earth and be fed by the Lord. There are weeks that I study God's word and I pray and I do my lesson in a way that is restful, in a way that does draw me closer to God, in a way that does connect and commune with him. And then there are weeks where I do my lesson, more like chapter 58 discusses how the Israelites were fasting, as if I were a nation that did righteousness. I can do spiritual things completely disconnected from God. It can be about how I look. It can be about that I think I should. Sometimes spiritual activity is not restful at all, Because I am doing it as if I were seeking God, but am not really seeking him. I can do church on Sunday as if I am worshiping God, but not actually bring my heart at all. Let us not sing or pray or study God's word as if we are seeking him. And delight to know his ways. Let us sing and pray and study God's word in spirit and truth. And find rest. I genuinely think my beach vacation was a gift of God. And he was there with me blessing it. And I did get to have time with him as part of it. But that gift of physical rest should not be confused with what I really need in my daily life to sustain me. When Jesus was in the wilderness and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he proclaimed the truth to the devil that man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I think a similar statement could be made about physical rest. Man shall not live by being physically restored alone, but by spiritual rest. We need food. We need sleep. We need physical times of rest. But let us not confuse those with our greater need 
for spiritual food and spiritual rest. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 8 says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God, not us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. I am a jar of clay, and that is not changing this side of heaven. I don't need to not feel the weariness that comes with being human. I don't need to not feel afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. But through the surpassing power of God, I am able to not be crushed, forsaken, destroyed. So I have got to start preaching the truth of the gospel to myself better. That physical rest may not always be what God has for me today. That may not be God's best for me today. I am a jar of clay. It's okay that I'm tired. Paul, after a whole list of things, both physically and emotionally, very hard, including sleepless night, says in 2 Corinthians 11.30, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. I get physically tired, but God is there for me to sustain me and provide for me. And to provide times of physical rest, like the beach or a nap or a good night's sleep. This is not to say in any way that we resist physical rest. He has made us to need it. But if you are in a season where you are not getting it, and are like Paul describes himself in many places throughout the New Testament, then you can stand in the human weakness that we all have with boasting. I am tired, but my God is not. I am weary, but my God will sustain me and will show his power as he sustains me. My tiredness shows his power. I am weak, but he is strong. I am physically weary, but he can give me great spiritual rest. Chapter 58 has some of the most beautiful descriptions of how God would describe the work he wants to do in our lives. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Then shall your light rise in the darkness, and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in the scorched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets. God wants us to be refreshed and healed and renewed, not necessarily not tired. (laughs) An amazing thing in this passage is how he says that he works that is when our whole lives are unto God, not just our Sunday morning or our Wednesday morning. 
And what is the test in this passage of if our whole lives are unto God? I would say there are at least three. One, verse three, are we seeking only our own pleasure or primarily our own pleasure? That insatiable self-concern. Are we insatiably concerned with ourselves? Or are we insatiably concerned with our God? Number two, are we actively rooting out sin in our lives against others? Do you know it's there and are you seeking it out? It's there. Am I seeking it out? Are we repenting and trusting Jesus for the ways we oppress, quarrel, fight, hit, point our finger or judge others, speak bad of others? And then three, are we not only not sinning against others ourselves, but are we going a step further and taking on their cause? We are to help those enslaved, loose any contracts we have others under that are fraudulent or excessively one-sided. We are to share our food with those who need it. We're to share our homes with those who need them, to show honor and dignity to all, to pour ourselves out for the hungry, to help the afflicted. So we see our faith in Christ worked out and find refreshment and renewal like a watered garden when our lives are not just about ourselves. I didn't say we find not being tired. (laughs) We find renewal and refreshment when our lives are not just about ourselves. When we are really intentional to be reflective about and repent of our sins against others. And when we take up the cause of those who are struggling to fight for themselves. And this makes sense when we think about our God and Jesus. This is what they did and do. This God comes to those who need him and takes up their cause when they cannot themselves. Our spiritual health and renewal is tied to others, is tied to the needy, is tied to the oppressed. God doesn't choose to bless us as an island unto ourselves. Genesis 12, 2 says, I will bless you. I will make your name great. So you will be a blessing. So if your life is predominantly about you or yours. Take heed the words of Isaiah 58. He would call us to be more like him. He would call us to compassion and justice and charity. He would call us to our neighbor. He would call us to our city. He would call us to our world. Maybe this is helping with Super Wednesdays or Kids Hope or the prison ministry or volunteering with the refugee ministry in town or Pregnancy Lifeline or a homeless shelter or getting involved in social activism. There are so many ways that this could look and God would use us all differently. But we must have compassion and we must see our world through God's eyes. Chapter 57 verses 20 through 21 says, But the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Will we have compassion 
for the wicked. There is no peace. Will we proclaim Christ to them? And will we have compassion on the people they afflict? There is no peace. Will we have compassion on those afflicted by the wicked and then be called the repairers of the breach and the restorers of the street and those who raise up the foundations of many generations? When we are moving out, we are reflecting our God, and God ties our spiritual renewal to that, to being like him. So the alternative to finding our rest and renewal in God and in his ways is shown in chapter 57, verse 10. You were wearied with the length of your way, but you did not say it is hopeless. You found new life for your strength, and so you were not faint. Barnes has a great quote on this I put on your thing. It's kind of long, so you may want to read along. Um, This is a striking illustration of the conduct of people in seeking happiness away from God. They wander from object to object. They become weary in pursuit, yet they do not abandon it. They still cling to the hope, though often repulsed, and though the world gives them no permanent comfort. The wealth, ambition, gaiety, and vice all fail in imparting the happiness which they sought, yet they do not give it up in despair. They still feel that it is to be found in some other way than by the disagreeable necessity of returning to God. In the pursuits of ambition, of wealth, of fashion, notwithstanding all the expense and irksomeness and disappointment They find a kind of pleasure which sustains them and enough to success to keep them from returning to God. We will find a strength of sort from something. We will find a rest of sort from something. But as Christians, we must seek it in Christ. If alcohol or TV or appearance or success or name a million other things, if they are, and for me I would say when they are, my strength or my rest apart from God, they can be there with God. But when they're my strength or my rest apart from God, let us listen to chapter 57, verse 8. For deserting me, you have uncovered your bed. You have gone up to it. You have made it wide, and you have made a covenant for yourself with them. You have loved their bed. You have looked on nakedness. Be warned against making a sort of common law covenant with entertainment or sleep or work or exercise that even though it's not really satisfying you, It is where you are finding your life and strength. These are hard words that Isaiah speaks, and yet I have found myself in them. Praise God for Jesus, who was faithful, who was loyal, who never chose the empty cisterns of the world in place of the riches of the glory of God, who rested and renewed perfectly, 
who chose the things that pleased God perfectly and held fast the covenant, we are in Christ and he will continue to call us to himself and to his rest and his renewal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know what we need so much more than we do. You created us and call us and gather us and long for the best for us. Would you help us to spiritually rest through coming into your presence? Help us to cease all the other things of our life often and regularly to make time for prayer and reflection and psalm singing, to make time for communion with you. And with this time, make us more like you. Make us more compassionate and more repentant of the wrongs we commit against others. Would you help us in the daunting task of taking up the cause of others? And dear Lord, would you remove our insatiable self-concern? Oh, how we need you. We are lost without you. There is no peace apart from you. Where else would we go? In Jesus' name, amen.